Welcome to the Lovability Podcast. My name is Jennifer Stiers, and I'm here to talk love, relationships, sex, marriage, and everything in between. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Levability Show. Uh, You may not even recognize my face anymore. (laughs) I have taken two months off and and I um, I needed to get some things done and now I'm back. I missed you guys. I missed doing the show. I enjoyed having uh, a day. Uh, My Fridays were awesome for a while, but um, I missed you guys. I'm back. Um, I am ready to, uh, I'm ready to get geared up for the holidays because this is an important time. I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to be taking off this time when this is like the key time to find love, uh, uh, for, uh, the year. Um, I wanted to make sure that, uh, I was here for you. So, um, we're going to go ahead and, hey, Barbara, thank you. I'm so glad to be back. Um, so, uh, I want to remind everybody too. You know, I took two months off. It seemed like eternity. It seemed longer than that. But, uh, but having said that, you guys can always go listen to my podcast. Uh, I'm on Apple, Spotify, Google, and everybody has different servers and places they listen. Uh, and Amazon Music, it's everywhere. So uh, I have an amazing team. Uh, Emilio, my producer, is leaving me. Um, <laughs> we're not breaking up, but he's uh, he's going to a new studio. But uh, he's done a great job of um, getting my podcast out to all those places. So if you guys ever want to hear a topic uh, or listen to one of the old shows, go subscribe to the, sh- to the podcast, and it'll give you automatic updates when we do a new show, um, in case you can't join us live. Um, or... Um, you can listen to any of the old shows if there's one that pertains to where you are. Uh, so, uh, so thanks for being here. And let's see. Um, I, here's where I want to start today because today I had put a post up um, about. Let's see. Um, let me go to my page. I put a post up and I promised a couple people that I would answer their questions to the post. So here's my point of today. I wanted to hit some some of the main points like to get you guys going to um to make sure that you're on track you know with with the most important things you need as far as information and tools to go into the holiday uh and uh and it, it's 11 11. <laughs> when i got up this morning i'm like oh my god it's 11 11. it's like this magical day right so um so it's a big day for manifesting so um so i feel i just felt like this would be a good time to put to put little things into your brains um so that you have a great uh a great holiday season coming up and hopefully a great new year full of love. Uh, so today's post, um, I had put, um, I had 
put on it this morning. It was, um, let's normalize asking questions for clarity instead of moving uh, based on the story you've created in your mind, which may or may not be true. Clarity preserves relationships. Uh, and, and I directed this towards women because, ladies, you're the one that gets that, that get in your head. And I love you, and I'm telling you, you've got to not do this anymore. Um, this is the first relationship killer. The first, the number one relationship killer is choosing the wrong people. And there's lots of reasons we do that, and we'll talk about some of those today. Um, but the second thing is, for you ladies... Biggest relationship killer for you ladies is getting in your head because what you're doing is making up stories about what's going on versus the reality of what's really happening. So when when something happens, a guy doesn't call you or doesn't text you or doesn't ask you out um, or said he was going to call you on Tuesday and doesn't call you on Tuesday, a million things start running through y'all's mind, ladies, and I know I've heard you say them. Well, I guess maybe he doesn't like me. Maybe he came disinterested. Um, you know, maybe I shouldn't have said this or that when we talked the last time. Maybe I sounded too eager. I mean, oh my God, the the, the voices in your head will will absolutely murder a relationship because what I've seen people do is I've seen people go from you know, a little like, oh, well, you know, maybe this is going on or that's going on to, um, to fully talking themselves out of a decent relationship. So it's really important that you not start going down that bunny trail because that bunny trail leads you to a very dark place. Uh, so we want to, uh, we want to definitely be careful with that. Okay. So I was not logged in here. So here we go. Okay. Um, so um, feel free to ask questions too. But I, I had a couple people that commented and I wanted to hit those comments because I promised I would. Uh, Brianna had written today that there are some professional liars out there working on this in real terms. So, and I feel like this is so relevant because this is the real world that we're living in as well. Uh, so yes, Brianna, there are liars out there. There absolutely are. And there are also really honest people. The problem is, is if you go into every, um, and I know you're not, I'm merely using this as an example, but if you go into every new connection hesitant or thinking that they might be lying, you're creating an energy and an atmosphere right away off the bat that's not going to be healthy. Um, you know, I, I was actually talking to my nephew uh, over the over this past week about um, his girlfriend. They don't watch the show, so I can talk about him. Um, but uh, but he um, he was telling me how she's you know controlling and um, and 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 had a I guess not trusting him, looking at his phone and doing all this stuff. And he's never he's such an honest, um, faithful kid. He's never done anything. But that was, and I said, okay, so who hurt her? And her ex cheated on her with, um, and got back together with his ex-girlfriend that he was dating before her. And what she did is now she's carried that into the relationship with him. And he really likes her, but he, he can't be with her because the fighting's getting so bad because she's brought all the baggage in from her past relationship and, and trying to believe that you know, when he's working and not answering his text messages or whatever, that he's doing the same thing that the other guy did. And we can't assume that. Assuming that, getting in our heads like that, um, holding someone else accountable 
to something they didn't do isn't fair. Um, so yes, there are liars. Uh, yes, it, it's important that you uh, know yourself, are healthy, whole, and healed before you get out there so you know who you want and you know what you're looking for. Um, but you have to make sure you go in with a clean slate. And if you can't go in with a clean slate, meaning I'm not going to hold a new person accountable to what somebody else did to me, right? Um, if you're not in pain, then don't date, right? Because it's not fair. It's not fair to somebody else. And, um, and I'll tell you what else will happen too with that is if you met the perfect person, right? You met the perfect person and you're not healed and you're suspicious and you think they lie and because everybody else does, you could easily chase away the best thing you ever found because you weren't healthy. So it's super important that you get healthy first. Uh, okay, and uh, so that's that is the, that is your answer, and that was fun for me. Um, okay, and Sharla said um, it goes hand in hand with pursuit, focus, and intention. As long as I feel loved, I stay out of my head. Tables turned when I don't feel loved. Um, so. Uh, the, this goes hand in hand with the pursuit, focus, and intention. As long as I feel loved, I stay out of my head. So what I wanted to say in all of that is as long as you feel loved, that is so subjective. And this is where you have to be careful. Is it so subjective? You feeling loved, somebody may love you, but if they don't speak your love language, which means they're not communicating that love to you in a way that you understand and you're not perceiving it, then then that's going to be a problem, right? So it's important that not only you know what you know how it is that you need to be loved, but you also understand the other person and who they are and how they love and 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 what their gestures mean or what they're you know because they could be a words of affirmation, they could be an acts of service, they could be a gifts person, right? They could be a combination. But if they're not speaking your love language, which is one of my big points. If they're not speaking your love language, your perception could be off on that. So, you know, it's, it's really important at that point, if, like when you're, if you're not feeling love, to clarify. Ask questions, you know. If, uh, for example, this is, seems to be some giant theme going on with so many people always. Everybody has different communication styles. Some people like to text. Some people hate to text. Some people like to talk on the phone. Some people hate to talk on the phone. Um, and, and some people are somewhere in between. So it's super important to find out where somebody is before you start assuming things about their behavior based on their behavior. <laughs> so, um, so that communication thing is a real area where people break down. And so you have to know what you like and you have to know how to communicate that to somebody when you first meet them. Um, if you're a texter and you like to communicate with your person throughout the day, not like bombing their phone all day, but you like to send two, three, four messages and say hi and how's your day and whatever. Um, I have to be honest, that kind of stresses hey, that kind of stresses me out just talking about multiple messages throughout the day because um, as much as you love to hear from your person when you're busy, it can also 
if you're really a busy person, it can also be perceived as somebody's bugging you. So you really have to know somebody's life, lifestyle, what they like, what they don't like, before you start interpreting um, what that communication needs to be. Um, hey, Brent, you you uh, completely distracted me. You said hi, but then you said go dogs. So <laughs> I started thinking about football. Um, but, uh, and um, so thank you for being here. Charlie, you heard my comments. So you, uh, you know what I'm talking about with all of this. Um, so the communication part of this is, uh, is super important. Don't be afraid to speak up and ask. You know, I noticed that, uh, and I had a client do this with, with somebody he's been going out with too. I noticed you don't text me back very quickly. Um, is it not, are you just, are you do not like to text? Hit that up front and ask, you know, just hit it up front and ask um, and, and find out what their answer is and then go from there. Because if they say, you know what, I really do like to, I just don't have the time right now. Or if I, if I, if I'm busy, I won't text back. At least you kind of know where you stand. Or if you see that the person always has their phone on them, you know, that's another thing you can observe. If you see they're responding to everybody else, but yet you text them and they're not responding, that would be a red flag, right? But ask about it. I notice you have your phone and you're, you know, you, you, you seem to be a texter, but you don't respond to my texts. Is, you know, am I bothering you? Am I texting you too much? You know, do I need to, you know, whatever. Ask. Ask questions. It's not going to hurt. Um, okay. So that's the most important part about all of this stuff that we're talking about here. So many things would be cleared up, ladies, if you would get out of your head and just ask for clarity. Men love it when you're direct. They do. Not mean direct. <laughs> Don't be nasty. But they like when you ask them questions. Um, they like when you're direct and, and um, are honest with them in a loving way. Did I freeze? I might, well, my screen is freeze. Am I okay? Oh, okay. Um, just my iPad. And it always gets you in the funniest faces, too. Um, okay, so we got that together. So, um, so let me go now to some of my other notes in here, which I actually need my glasses to see. Um, so one of my other famous things to say is if, if somebody likes you, you, you will know. And if they don't, you'll be confused. <laughs> well, I am going to have to explain this one. It's about time I really explained this one because that that those those posts, anything about that, about knowing if somebody's interested or not by their effort, makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. And it should be the norm. But unfortunately, it's not. Because yes, this should be the norm, but you guys, this is, this is your biggest relationship killer, guys. Guys, you're not putting effort in. You like a woman, but yet you're not putting effort in. And when, you're, when you are not putting effort in and leading that relationship and planning dates, and I actually have a list of things that will show, like here's a list of things that look like effort, right? And you guys take notes. Because so many of you, and I love you, I do, I love you, I'm trying to help you. So many of you think that you're doing a good job and you're not. And when I say majority of you, 8 out of 10 are really not doing a great job. And then there's some of you that are amazing. Um, I, uh, I have one client that I swear to you is the poster child. So he, I mean, some of you are amazing and some of you really, really need help. Um, let's see. Um, 
effort, effort, effort. I thought I put a little list together in here. Um, effort would be uh, effort would be making phone calls to your person. Effort would be making plans ahead of time, right? It's, I mean, you may have somebody that's spontaneous and you guys can discuss that, but women typically like a man with a plan and they want to know when they're going to go out again. And it's not as much about having to mark something off the calendar because they're so busy. It has to do more with looking forward to seeing you. Guys, if you would just understand that the minute that you ask a woman out, it's Tuesday, you ask her out for Saturday, she's thinking about you every single day. She can't wait until Saturday. She's planning her outfit. She knows where she's going. She's excited. You've built up this tremendous excitement before Saturday. If you would just give her advance notice and make a plan, it's going to make her more excited about you. It's actually going to help you in the likability with the likability factor. And having a girl, um, you know, be a little bit crazier about you is you're forcing her now to think about you for all those days in between when you asked her out and when your date is, right? So it's super important that you, you do some planning, especially in the beginning. Once she knows you, um, once she knows your personality a little bit, then you guys can make, if you need to make adjustments with that, make adjustments. If you're really a spontaneous person and it just kills you to plan ahead, then tell her that. Say, I wanted to do, you know, make a good impression our first few dates and, um, and make plans. And I, you know, I still want to impress you, but I'm more of a spontaneous person. You know, how does that work for you? And now you have, now you have, number one, you've communicated about it. You have a baseline for the person's personality. And you might just have a little bit of an in because they like you already because they've gone out with you multiple times. You follow me? So super, super important that you communicate to them, you know, ahead of time and about what the planning is going to be. Effort means communication, guys. I can't stress this enough. Please hear me. You have to communicate daily. I've, I've said it a million times if I've said it once. You have to communicate daily. I mean, it's pretty pitiful if all you can communicate, I mean, if, if the only thing you can muster is a good morning text to her and that's it the whole day, and that's, and you're thinking about her and you like her and that's all you can muster, that's pitiful. I'd, I'd come see me if that's, if that's the luster that you have for your love life, either that or don't date. I mean, if, if, if a woman doesn't excite you, you know, enough to want to talk to her and want to connect with her, you shouldn't be dating, you know, and, um, and that's the truth. Um, so, so guys put the effort in, um, you know, my biggest thing is, and I, I stand by this is everybody hear this because when you're finding somebody, this is your number one tip. There's a lot of questions you're gonna have to ask around it, but the biggest thing you should be looking for is somebody who loves like you do. All right. And that is that loving like you do is it, it's, it's big and broad. Um, it is, it is somebody that likes doing the things that you like to do. It's somebody that has a similar lifestyle. If you're an introvert and they're an extrovert, you guys are going to clash on your life. Um, so you've got to, you've got to have some of those commonalities. Uh, values are a big thing. You know, how we, 
that, that is a way in which we love. Our values are how we love. They're all intertwined. So you need to be looking at someone's values that you meet initially and finding out what are they passionate about? What do they believe in? Um, you know, you can look at that. Values are something you can look at, but you can look at what, how somebody is spending most of their time. Where are they putting their energy and time, right? Um, so that's super important is for you to make sure that your, your love styles are the same, your love languages. I mean, simple as, you know, if you are a words of affirmation and your person is not, I mean, that's, as we were talking about earlier, that's how you interpret love. If somebody likes you, it's because they're telling you they like you, which by the way, most people most people, even if they're not a words of affirmation, they want to know how you feel. So you should communicate. If you like somebody, tell them. You don't have to fall in love with them, and you don't have to tell them you're in love with them, but you do need to let them know, I really enjoyed my time with you. I like you. You're fun. You're interesting. I'd love to see you again. Tell them. Everybody wants to hear that. That's important. So love languages are super important that we have that commonality with somebody because then we're not having to force. As Charlotte had said earlier, you know, if she's feeling loved, she's not going to feel insecure. She's everything's going to she's going to feel safe. She's going to feel secure. Um, and that's again subjective based on somebody's love languages. If they're like you, um, quality time that's a big one, right? If you're a quality time person and your person doesn't have time for you and you're sitting alone and you're not getting to see them, your chances of making a connection with them are slim to none. You have to find somebody that shares your love languages. Attachment styles are a whole other thing as well. Uh, I personally, this is me, um, I personally think that uh, secure attached people do best with other secure attached. Um, unless they're really patient. <laughs> then they can go with somebody who's more anxious attached. But anxious attached people tend to be a little bit more on the codependent side. And so they tend to do better with other anxious, at anxious attached people. Because if you're anxious attached, you know, these are, the, these are you, you people that um, like to be in touch with your person, like to know how they feel. Um, you don't like to, and you know, you guys have a disagreement. You don't want to go into separate rooms or have space in between you. You want to talk about it. Um, where a more secure attached wants to maybe take space and think about things. Uh, anxious attached wants to talk about it right away. That's why if you're with another anxious attached, it tends to work because you both kind of feel that need. You both need the same thing when it comes to conflict and things like that. I mean, of course, there's room for issues with all of that, but I tend to think they go well together. Anxious attached with a very secure attached person, extremes of both of those, are not going to get along because initially it could feel, it could feel some uh, savior role for a man that this woman needs him, needs him, needs him, but pretty soon he's going to be like, okay, you're suffocating me. So uh, that's why it's just important that we hunt that stuff down and ask questions. Uh, anybody that's had um, abandonment issues, and people pretty much kind of know if they have or haven't, but if a mother or father left them at an early age, um, and it's usually not due to, because it, it shows up differently, it's usually not due to death, like if the father or mother passed away, 
it's usually due to them leaving where the issues are. Now, granted, if they pass away, it's a different, it, come, it shows up differently. But when the mom or dad, like divorce, leaves, uh, somebody could have uh, abandonment issues. Uh, it could be mom, dad didn't leave, he stayed married, but he was gone all the time traveling. Um, and when he came back in town, he didn't pay very much attention. Um, and didn't, you know, didn't give and fill the needs of the, of the children. So uh, finding out that stuff from somebody, um, somebody, finding somebody that loves the way that you love makes those really easy relationships. Uh, and ultimately, that's what we're all looking for, something easy. Okay, so uh, Barrett says, love should not have to be forced. If you're forcing anything, there is no interest. You know, that goes back to, yeah, exactly with the in, with interest and effort, 100%, but it goes into what we're saying right now as well. Um, so it, it shouldn't have to be forced. And when you're working so hard, just like talking to my nephew the other day, you know, when he said, I'm so stressed out, I'm having anxiety attacks. I never know, like if I'm afraid that if I don't text her or call her when I'm at work or I'm doing something or if she texts me and I it take too long to text her back, she's going to get mad at me. Oh my God, that will chase somebody away faster than anything in the whole wide world, guys. So you, you, you got to, you got to get those things healed um, before you get in a relationship. Um, Barrett says, I don't think um, these uh, people had these problems back in the 50s and 60s. You know, they did have them, but different a different set of problems. Because I think one of the big problems we have now, which is another thing on my list to get to today, is this greener grass syndrome. You know, back in back in the 50s and 60s, sure there was other suitors available, especially depending on somebody's uh, availability and um, how many people they knew and what their job was and how many people they came into contact with. But we don't have, we didn't have the transient society and the technological society that we do today. I mean, technology has, has single-handedly ruined relationships. It just does. I mean, it, it, is, it is something we need to learn how to unplug from um, because it, there's so many elements with technology that kill it. Number one, with dating apps. And I know so many of you right now with the holidays, uh, you know, it's, it, it's getting time where people that get on dating apps start to get on them. They get lonely for the holidays. Um, they, gosh, I think it's the beginning of January uh, that, January that, or maybe it's the end of December. I can't remember. One of those dates, I'll, I'll, I'll of course fill you in beforehand, is the, uh, busiest day of the dating day of the year, but it's coming up where people get online. And so everybody's wanting, it's after Christmas, um, everybody's wanting that relationship, so everybody's jumping online. If you're getting online, even if you have the best of intentions, and I've seen it, where people are looking for a relationship, men do it and women do it both. There's so many options, especially for pretty people, because so much relies on those, those pictures that are going online. So they're getting bombarded with a thousand messages. So it's it, there. People aren't even getting the time online. They'll say, "Well, I met her, and she said hello, nice to meet you," but then I never heard from her again. So I hear it from guys and girls that the same behavior is happening. But what's happening is we're distracted, right? We've got all these other incoming messages, which makes things disposable, right? So you go out with somebody, you like them, but they're not perfect, or they, 
were nervous on the first date or they didn't dress the way you wanted them to or you didn't feel a connection or they didn't walk you to your car or they didn't pay for your valet, I hear it all, um, then if anything happens, you're quick to write them off because you've got an inbox full of a thousand other people. And connections, real connections, are not a dime a dozen. They're just not. I do this for a living as a matchmaker, and I can tell you, finding people like you, finding people that would match you, finding people that have similar lifestyle values, personality, um, that have quirks that you like, and that will deal with your quirks, to be quite honest, as well. Some of you are quirky. I mean, we're all quirky, right? But but you've got to find somebody that's, that you're going to deal with their stuff, and they're willing to deal with your stuff, too. It's a small number, people. It's a very small number. So if you like somebody, don't expect perfection. That will kill you. You've got to start giving people, um, you know, grace. And you've got to start giving people a chance, even people you wouldn't normally date. I've said it again on the show here, and I've told, I tell my clients this all the time. Most of my clients that are married, most of the people that I put together are married, are not people that thought that that would be the person they would marry. They, didn't, they wouldn't even have dated these people. I've heard them say, well, this isn't somebody that I would have picked myself. Exactly. That's why I'm picking for you. Most people can't pick for themselves, but I know that you guys are a good match. And once I force you to get past the looks or to pass the superficial whatever it is, because it could just be something somebody said or somebody's the age of their children or they like to travel and you don't. I mean, you guys will pick anything out of somebody great in order to find something wrong with it. I need to get a sip of my drink. But, um, but so when you're looking online, you've got to look beyond the picture. You have to look beyond the picture. You've got to be taking your time. If you, if you even remotely like the picture, take your time looking at the picture. Because a lot of what's in an image, it's, I've seen you guys swiping, and it's so fast. You can't even, I mean, it's literally this fast. You can't see anything about the person. You know, the eyes are the window to the soul. You're not going to get a glimpse into those eyes if you're scrolling through that fast. If you even have a remote, any interest at all in the person, you like their smile, you like what they're wearing, you like what they said, you like their haircut, you know, whatever. You like their dog in the picture. Um, anything at all that you like about that person, read the profile. Go through it. Take your time to get to know people because it's those unsuspecting people that will get you. They're usually, they're usually your matches. They're usually the best matches. Um, but they're, they're not the ones that you're choosing because if, I mean, let's be honest, if you guys were really good at choosing, we wouldn't be single for 10, 15, 20 years, right? So, um, so we need better pickers. Okay. So Barrett is, um, Barrett's writing a book, but you know what? She's a journalist, so she can, uh, love you, Barrett. Um, so she agrees. Also gender roles have changed drastically. So, uh, people are lost. Good point, sister. That's a really good point. And lots of hit and miss. Um, gender roles have changed. And you that's an excellent, excellent point. Um, women, ladies, sit back and let the man be a man. And guys, step up. And ladies, let give them the opportunity to, right? 
Um, if, if they're not holding the door for you, it's perfectly okay to stand there and wait for them to open it. It's not rude. You, 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 you have to teach them how to treat you. And if you don't do it up front, ladies, and again, guys, not picking on you, but it, you have to do all of this up front. And ladies, I think we've become overly independent. And guys will be the first to tell you, well, I wanted to open the door for her, but she grabbed it first. We've all done it. I've done it too. Um, but, but I'm just using that as an example. But we have become more independent. Women are in the workplace. Women are um, wearing the hats. You know, we're making the decisions. We're leaders in our work, you know, in the workforce during the day. We may be managing multiple people. But when we walk out of that office, ladies, we have got to flip the switch because we're women. And if we're not feminine, a man can't be masculine. It doesn't give him the space, right? So we need we need a yin and yang. That's how all relationships work, right? Bisexual, you know, heterosexual, homosexual, whatever. It, it, it's it's how there's a yin and a yang in everything, right? So you you've got to you've got to um, you've got to have um, a yin and a yang, and you've got to have opposing energies. So, and guys, I. This is a whole nother show, and I promise you I'm going to do it. I'm going to have a man on here to do this show where we talk about why you guys aren't stepping up like you used to. I'm not sure that men, I want to talk about courting, um, and I'm going to talk about courting, but I'm not sure that men today, many of men today, know how to do it anymore. There's some of you that dabble in it. There's some of you that are amazing, very small amount, but the majority don't do it anymore. They don't know how. And, and I'm, I, it concerns me and it concerns everybody. It concerns men. I know a lot of relationship counselors and, and uh, speakers that are men that are saying men aren't, men aren't men anymore. And we are, we're raising men that way too, as well. And so it's, you know, you think back to our generation of, you know, like when we were growing up, I'm old, um, but when we were growing up, it, it was not good either where our fathers would raise their sons and say, don't cry. Men don't cry, right? Men do cry. And I love men that cry. I love men that can show their emotion. It's great. But my point is, we went from that extreme of masculinity and, you know, that to now it's the, the masculine and feminine are, are really hard to tell apart in, in a lot of instances. And men expect a woman to come into a date and expect a woman to do half the work, to, to reach out first. Well, you know, it's like, okay, did you reach out to her and ask her on a date? No, but she didn't reach out to me either. Men, do your job. Do your job. That's your job. It's your job to lead. It's your job to make the plans, right? It's her job to support and take care of you emotionally, physically, all of that um, as well. But men have got to step up to the plate in all of this for it to work. Uh, so guys, let's see. Um, Barrett says we've lost our femininity. Um, I did not know I could remain a woman if not be in not have to become a man, but work made us think male. It's, it, it is very true. Men don't understand that point for women of how 
we do have to put the pants on sometimes to go to our jobs and do our work and to work with other men and to stand up with other men. And it does take a toughening of our souls. Uh, and, and we have to, ladies, we have to know when to take it off. Because if we can't allow a man to help us, if we can't allow a man to lead in our life, you know, the man that's supposed to, then it's our problem. So there has to be a yin and a yang and a balance there. And um, let's see here. So I think, and I'm sorry, I'm driving those points home. They were important. They were part of my, uh, they were part of my list today. So um, I'm glad we hit them. I want to talk about things we can do, you know, Rushing into the intimate part of a relationship, and I'm talking when I, there's several different types of intimacy. There's emotional intimacy and there's sexual intimacy. Um, and we want both. We definitely want both. And I will say more times than not, women 50 and above are a lot more motivated sexually than guys are. And so it, there is a little mismatch there because men tend to, there's some, not all, I get it guys, some men, their sex drives go down after 50. So um, it's, it, it's, it's a nice little game that, that uh, our hormones play on us. Um, but having said that, it's really important, ladies, as much as you want it, and you're exuding your sexuality, and I am with you. However, waiting to the right time to do that is really important. Because if you haven't built emotional intimacy prior to that, um, it, it's going to, cre it'll create some imbalance and, and problems and insecurities and all the other things that go along with it. So I want to talk about the emotional intimacy portion of it really quickly. So just talk about some of the things that we need to be doing and building prior to, um, the, the sexual intimacy. So flirting, right? I mean, the simple act of flirting, Right. I mean, a lot of, we've lost that art. So many people don't even know how to do that anymore. But even flirting via text. I mean, how fun to get a flirty text from your person you're interested in the middle of the day. I mean, that there are ways you can utilize technology to your advantage. But flirting with your person, um, you know, and that's important. You know, laughter, fun, that stuff is is really, really important. And it's building stability. It's building safety in the relationship. So that's, that's flirting is an important thing. And being vulnerable. It's so hard for people. Everybody's got their, their, you know, their, their walls up getting into a relationship. And walls don't, walls don't serve a purpose. I mean, you've got to be discerning and open, right? And they're, they are kind of opposing energies. But discerning is more of protecting your heart, knowing what that means to protect your heart, knowing what to look out for, what the red flags are, but being open to that whoever this new person is that you met could be different and is different than anybody else you've ever met. Everybody's unique, right? So we've got to go in to a relationship um, understanding that um, we've, we've got to be vulnerable. We've got to share pieces of ourselves. I, we haven't done Singles in America yet. The Singles in America survey, it comes out anytime. I want to say next week or something. But last, last year in the Singles in America survey, we found that emotional intimacy and vulnerability and people revealing things about their soul, emotional, an emotional connection 
was more important to people than the physical. They were looking more for an emotional connection than what somebody looked like. It was more important than looks, right? So emotional intelligence is the sexiest thing going right now. So if you don't, and I, I have new producer over here. Tell me your name, George, right? Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. Jordan. Jordan is nodding his head. And Jordan's young. How old are you, Jordan? 26. See, 26. And he's nodding, yes. Emotional intimacy, emotional connection, um, uh, emotional intelligence, way more important than looks. People understand there's more under the surface and they want it and they don't want to be keep wasting their time just with all the surface stuff. So Barrett, maybe there's um, a light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe we've had so much so much stuff drowning us with technology and with all the junk that has filtered in because of technology and because of changing roles that maybe we're getting to a point now of, you know, um, of what's the word I'm looking for? Titration where it's, we're at it. We're, we're past that point. We're starting to look for different things. And we did find that last year in the Singles America survey, which is a really accurate survey. People are looking for more and they want vulnerability. They want to know their person. If you knew how many times I've talked to people after dates and they'll say, they were great. I really liked them. They were pretty or they were handsome. They were fun. They were interesting. I just didn't feel like I got to know them. They didn't really talk about themselves and tell me anything. I don't know anything about their childhood. I don't know anything about their past relationships. Um, all of this is so important. God, my hair's so frizzy. I just saw it. In the, I wasn't looking at the camera. I'm like, woo! Um, we have rain today, guys. So, um, okay. Uh, so vulnerability is important. People are looking for it. That's what builds a connection with somebody is, is vulnerability, them getting to know you. Even if it's something that you don't like about yourself or a vulnerable place or something that's hurt you or something that did hurt you in your childhood, you don't want to be that whiner. You don't want to be like, why poor me or a victim, but you do want to let people know where you're coming from and give them a piece of you because any connection that you can make there emotionally is going to make a big difference in the, in the overall connection in the long term. So really important to be vulnerable. Uh, finding opportunities to touch each other randomly throughout the day. So again, touch is subjective because some people don't like it at all. There are some. Um, majority of people do. But it has to be appropriate, and it has to be in the appropriate time. So, um, and you have to gauge that, you know. If, if a woman's not going to kiss you on a first date, like if she, she backs away and she doesn't kiss you, and she's not wanting to you know, reach out to hold her hand and she backs away or gets uncomfortable, you need to read that body language. It doesn't mean she's frigid. It doesn't mean she doesn't like touch. It just may mean that her boundaries are stronger than yours, and it, it's going to take a little bit of time to build trust with you to have that closeness and that physical intimacy. So as much as I'd love to say, gauging touch is important. I'm a toucher, so um, but but respectfully so. At least I hope to. I like to think so. Um, <laughs> but it's it is you know it's 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 good to when you're talking to somebody, you can reach out, you can touch them, hug them. Um, you know, it, when you're making your point, you know, if their hand's on the table, like touching their hand, not trying to grab it, not trying to hold their hand on a first or second date. Some people want that, um, but some people don't. So you have to really, it's really being in that space of, of 
uh, feeling somebody out and watching and listening for cues with all of that and talking about it and asking about it. But the reason this is so important and why I brought it up is because if you don't touch, if you don't try to make that physical connection, if you don't hug, if you don't try to kiss them, at least by the third date, they're going to put you in the friend zone. So there, there's, as you're getting to know somebody, you are trying to make your new best friend, but you also need to have some type of sexual chemistry that you're trying to build as well. And guys, I will tell you, I think giving women sometimes, even though, again, here's where I'm going to confuse you with conversation, we want you to lead, but we also don't want you to overlead. Meaning, um, if you're asking a woman out and she is backing off or she's not responding or she's saying no, she's busy or whatever, back off. Let her come to you. She may be very interested. She just, she, her comfort level is, is different than yours. That's why this is such a dance at the beginning until we get to know somebody, until we have that opportunity to ask these questions. It's a dance where you need to pay attention. It's not all about you and what you want and what you would do and what you would think, right? And that's where, that's where we all go wrong is, and guys, you'll take that personally. I've heard you do it where, well, I went to kiss her and she backed away. Maybe she doesn't like me. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that at all. It just may mean that it's too soon, that maybe she's that one woman that actually still respects herself. No, I mean, ladies, we've all kissed on the first date and respected ourselves. I'm making jokes, kind of, but, um, <laughs> but try to look at it on the bright side, I guess is my point. Um, uh, frequent compliments, praise. Um, uh, you know what? And I've said this, I said it earlier, and I'll just say it again really quick. Everybody wants to hear that, they that you like them. So whatever that looks like, you don't have to vow your love to somebody, um, you know, when you first meet them. You don't, it's not about that. But it is about telling them if you like them, telling them if you think they're funny, telling them if you think they're cute, telling them if you find them interesting. Feedback is important, right? People want to know that you like them. So tell them. It's a, again, ladies, it's okay for you to do it with men too. Um, it's okay for you to say, you know what? I really enjoyed this. I look forward to seeing you again. And letting him know that you want to see him again. Because guys get just as nervous about asking somebody out as, as you get about them asking you out, right? So um, so it's a, it's a big step for a guy, even after a first date gauging your interest and they don't want to be turned down either and um, they can get their hearts broke even early on so uh, so be gentle and give buying signs communicate with the guys too they like to know when they make you happy men like to know that you that they make you happy super important um, any guys gonna jump in here <laughs> confirm all of this please um, I have sending suggestive texts in the middle of the day. All right. Obviously, I'm not talking about sending somebody nudies so that, you know, all, they're in a board meeting and you catch them completely off guard. I'm talking about fun little, you know, can't wait to see you tonight and maybe something attached to that, which I won't 
you know, give you any more hints. But, you know, just anything like that where you're getting, anytime you do that, you're, somebody's, you're getting somebody to think about you. I mean, you're thinking about them, hopefully. You're not just doing it to manipulate, but you're thinking about them. Let them know. Let them know what you're thinking about. If it's too dirty, don't do that. But um, unless you have permission, <laughs> you can do it. Okay. Um, so physical affection without expectations of physical intimacy. Okay. This is super important. This is why we don't want to cross the line too soon sexually. Here's what happens. You have sex too quickly. Then all of a sudden, it's all about the sex. Where the conversations should be happening when you're getting to know somebody, it's, they're not happening. That, that emotional intimacy isn't happening so much anymore. So take your time before you jump in the sack with somebody the first time. But even when you do, you still want to have those nights where maybe you watch a movie, you cuddle, you kiss, and there's nothing else, you know, that there's, there, there are, you, you don't, that's not something that has to be done every time, because that tells the other person that you respect them, and you're interested in other things in them besides just sex, and that is important, to have dates where you just go to the movies and go home, right, um, important, and people that know how to balance that, it, it's, it's a good, healthy uh, it's a good, healthy thing. Uh, okay, so, um, okay, I think I beat that one. To, so I think we're running out of time, right? Okay, I get really, when I'm by myself, I just roll. So sorry, guys. Um, uh, okay, so one of the things I talk about um, that I think is super important is healing. So, you have to heal before you get in relationships. Does that mean you're going to be completely healed? Absolutely not. Nobody's ever completely healed, right? I can't even tell you how many times, even as a coach, I will be, I'll be coaching somebody and, um, and some, I'll say something and I'll, it'll, it'll even ring for me. And I'll be like, wow, that's, that's a really great point. I should do that. But, but my point in all of this is that we're always learning. We're always growing. We're never there, but we should get to a point um, with ourselves where we feel healthy enough and um, we feel healthy enough that we can get into a relationship, know that we're going to be aware of our triggers, know how we need to respond when we are, and move forward from there. Because what happens is when we've had multiple failed relationships, and some of you are out there just failing multiple times without stopping to do the work, when you keep fail, you keep having failed relationships, it's you, it's you, and you've got to fix that. And those, and I can tell you, a hundred percent of the time, it's from your childhood. It's not from your relationships. You could say, well, I was cheated on, you know, my past relationship, and that's why, you know, I um, have a fear of, tr you know, not I don't trust people. It's not. It, yes, that happened. Yes, that added to it. But we go backwards, and it's all there. So it's super important that you do the work and you deal with those childhood issues because number one, you'll never get through a successful, healthy relationship without doing the work. It's going to interrupt. And I always tell people, I think the thing that's the worst about it, it's not the relationship failing as much as what if that was the one? What if, what if that was your person and you met them and out of a zillion people in the world, you met them, you dated them, they were your person, they were your person, and you chased them away with your insecurities, fears, um, unhealed crap, you know, 
And it happens a lot. It happens a lot. I hear the, the one that got away stories all the time. So uh, super important that we do our healing um, ahead of time. Um, and I think lastly, I'm just going to say this because this is super important for everybody uh, with every relationship that we have. You have to know what your boundaries are. You have to know what your personal boundaries are. When you know your personal boundaries, it teaches somebody else how to love you, and it helps you maintain a sense of self-love and respect for you so that you're being the best you that you can be. And um, you have to decide ahead of time before somebody shows up what you'll allow and what you won't. Because the minute that something shows up that you won't allow, there are red flags. When those red flags show up, you need to turn and exit immediately, right? I mean, it's the amount of time people have wasted in their life that you'll never get back because you didn't, you, you didn't want to see the red flags. You didn't want to deal with that. You didn't want to lose that person because of whatever agenda you had for them, right? You didn't want to be alone. You didn't think you'd find anybody else you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. You didn't think you could make it, you know, financially on your own. I've heard, I mean, I've heard a, a plethora of all of these, but you have to know ahead of time what you're going to tolerate and what you're not. And you have to stick with that. Um, you, the other part of this and talk about manifesting, when you know what you want and you know what you stand for and you know what you want, what you will never stand for, you'll stop attracting that junk. You really will. I mean, when you are solid in who you are and your your boundaries are strong, not, really nothing gets in. It's just nothing gets in that's not supposed to be there. Your, your radar will pick it up very quickly. And those of you that have done the work and that heal, that have set your boundaries, you can attest to this. I can attest to this. I mean, it took a lot of work, but I have some of the strongest boundaries in the whole wide world. And I can tell you, I can... I can read people right away that come in because I know what my boundaries are. I know what the red flags are. And when you do, you know how to protect yourself, right? So a boundary is just what you use to protect yourself from other people, things, and situations, right? It's your personal property line. Um, this is what I will allow in and this is what I won't allow in, right? And we make that choice all the time. Um, I always tell people, it's like a door. I'll allow that. I won't allow that. You open the door, you shut the door, and you have to know before you get in relationships what your boundaries are, what you'll allow and what you won't allow, and then you have to adhere to them. Because if you don't adhere to them, number one, you'll end up regretting it later, and number two, you'll lose respect and faith in yourself to make good decisions if you went, with, if you went against what you knew intuitively right? We've all done it. I've heard you say it. We talk about it all the time. Okay. So, uh, so, uh, and yes, Charlotte's boundaries are so important. They are one of the biggest keys. There's a few books that I, um, recommend to clients, uh, all the time, uh, all the time. Uh, and a lot of people are codependent and I was one of the things I was wanting to get into today, but there's lots of reasons you can be codependent without being, without any addictions being involved. Cause I think people tend to look at codependency with addiction and it's not all that. Um, but, uh, so codependent, no more Melanie Beatty, great book. Um, I think it's a great read for anybody. 
Boundaries by Henry Cloud, great book. Um, Attachment, and I forgot who wrote that book. Um, it's a red and white book. Um, for ladies that have, uh, that have abandonment issues and um, maybe grew up in, in homes where uh, you, you had addictions or their family had addictions, uh, there's a book by Robin Norwood called Women Who Love Too Much, uh, also a great book. Um, old, old book, but just a lot of different stories that you can relate to. Um, it's really important to do the work. And, you know, we do have the holidays and it is, we are embarking upon the busiest holiday of the busiest time of the year to date and find love. Um, it's not necessarily Thanksgiving or Christmas. It's afterwards. So take this time, people. This is why I said it's a great time to prepare. If anything I said triggered you, and it, by all means, email me if you want a recommendation for a book, because there's a lot, there's a million that I can recommend. Um, that's all about doing the work and the homework, and sometimes, you know, it helps to, to uh, do that yourself. But if you need a recommendation, let me know. But do the work now. You know, get ready. We're, we are embarking upon the, upon the busiest dating season of the year, and I want you to be ready, and I want you to be prepared, and I want you to find love. And that's why I do what I do here. So, uh, so, and any podcast that you need to go back and listen to, I've got a whole library, um, uh, like I said, on all of the podcast stations, Apple, Sp uh, Spotify, Google, um, Amazon, um, you have no excuse. <laughs> we all listen to them. So, uh, uh, so that's it. So, uh, so enjoyed it. I will be back again in two weeks. Um, that's what I'm committing to right now. I may be changing up the schedule uh, and doing weekly shows going forward in a little while, but right now I'm staying bi-weekly, but I will see you again in two weeks. I've missed you guys. Love you guys and have a great weekend. This is Jennifer. Thanks for listening today. And please subscribe to the podcast. Each show, we're going to have new topics and information. If you'd like to find out more about coaching or matchmaking, please go to my website at lovegen.com or you can find me on my Facebook page, my personal page at Jennifer Styers.